You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Bridge to You podcast, hosted by yours truly, Monique Russell, where we focus on diversity, inclusion, and understanding for Black cultures through conversations that help us connect to ourselves and each other. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Bridge to You podcast. I'm your host, Monique Russell. Today, I have an amazing woman here with me to be interviewed. She's a global educator, whether that is traditional academics, art, history, justice and culture, or relocation coaching. She is a world traveler, having spent time throughout Africa, the Caribbean, Asia, Europe. Her essence is truly divine as she advocates for well-being through restorative practices like yoga, tai chi, meditation, something that we could all use more of in our world. She's the founder of Mbeke Waseme International. Please help me welcome to the show, Mbeke Waseme. Thank you. Thank you. What a lovely introduction, Monique. I am grateful to be here. Absolutely. I'm so happy to have you, Mbeke. Well, I always ask my guests the first question, if they could be anywhere in the world, and this is going to be really interesting for you because you've been many places. <laughs> if you could be anywhere in the world right now, where would you choose to be and why? You know, these questions that just demand one answer are so unfair. <laughs> That's the first thing I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the places that I would definitely be would be anywhere in the world with my daughter and my grandson. Wow. So it's not even about a place. It's about who you're with. Definitely. And I am a firm believer that a lot of our memories, memories of food, memories of places, memories of experiences are often linked to the people who you share those memories with and whether they're people that you meet while the experience is taking place or they are people who you move towards the experience with yeah the memories um you know i have a memory of eating a whole jackfruit on the beach in the grill with five girlfriends i was living and working there they had come out to visit we purchased this jackfruit and we just sat there talking, catching up in and out of the beach, sticky fingers from fresh jackfruit. And that memory stays with me every time I have some jackfruit. And, you know, it's so funny you say that because it's like you think about it and it's like, OK, it's jackfruit. It's nothing really so spectacular about the jackfruit, but the experience that you mentioned um, and who you shared it with is what made all the difference. Absolutely. And as I liken that to so many other things that I've 
had happened to me or that I've happened to in this life of mine. And yeah, the people, the people really impact, affect, change the experience that you could have. So what I'm hearing even deeper in that is like, if people create problems, the people are the solution. If people are the solution, the people can can solve the problem um, because mm-hmm. it's like you are in that space where you hear someone say they didn't have a good experience. Oh, that place was not a great place for me. Yes. But when you dive deeper, um, it's connected to that people. What you've said is bringing out a lot of information and context for me. Mm. I mean, I have a friend of my family and you know, all our families are made up of the friends of the family members who become family. And she she traveled to Jamaica and told me she didn't have a good time. And I was like, "Ah, everyone has a good time in Jamaica. What was going on for you? And there was a lot of stuff going on. And so her ability to be present wasn't there. And, you know, wherever you are in the world, you know, they say that you can move locations, but if the scenario, the problem, the challenge isn't resolved, you just take that with you. And it's something that is coming up in the relocation coaching where people think I'll move to another part of the world and everything will be okay. If everything is not okay now, (laughs) it's not gonna suddenly become okay because you go somewhere else. All of those people, all of those experiences, the successes and the challenges will appear in different form, but they will still be there. That's really deep because we are in a, in a time where um, many people feel like they want to escape. They want to get away. They want to change the environment. Um, and if those problems are attached to them, their psyche, their, their state of being, the problem will manifest itself sooner or later in that new place. How do you guide people or how do you prepare them for that? Well, the first thing is to look at the solutions, the strategies that they're using right now. Yeah, look at what's going on now. Look at the success of what you're doing. Look at how you're overcoming relationship problems, challenges in the workplace challenges around often it's about losing weight um challenges about finding a life partner yeah what are you doing about those things how successful have you been to this point and what is it that you can take with you because your new location might lend itself to different opportunities so an example of that would be if you live in a very cold place and you're not inclined to go out a lot, even though there are theaters and bars and places where you can still go out, but you may may not feel the energy to do that. Mm -hmm. So you then move to a new location where it's hot and it's sunny and it's bright and you can be out all the time. Now, what is it that's going to be different about you in that new location that will make things happen? That's not already working, yeah? And so, you know, a couple of my clients have said, well, I didn't realize this was going to be so much about me. I said, well, of course, it's about you. It's you who's moving and everything that you have is going with you. So if you have habits that you want to change, what are you doing about that now? Because 
things can become compounded when you are away and you're on your own. And if you move to a country where you know absolutely no one, and people do that, they do that for work, they do that for pleasure. I just want to live in a different part of the world. How are you going to manage that? What strategies have you put together to manage the life that you already have? Because, you know, I've lived in places where there are times where you get you can't get any connection. Phones are down. Yeah, you can't contact somebody via Zoom or Skype or WhatsApp. Can you manage that space? And I've had people say, well, of course, WhatsApp will be working. It's always working. Really? You haven't lived in some of the places that I've lived in. <laughs> you might be in a place and it might work in the city, but you move out to the more remote areas and nothing works. Can you manage that? In a world where technology seems to rule so much of what we do. It's so true. It's This is so deep, Mbeke, because, I mean, this is certainly not what I anticipated extracting <laughs> but it is it is so deep because a lot of times we do look at how is it going to be in that new place focusing on that new place but not realizing that you are the core you are the center you are who will make the place what it is it's not that that place would make you that's what i'm hearing exactly. from you so when exactly. you said they said oh I didn't expect it to be so much about me. <laughs> you know, that's something that I had not even considered. And when you talk about managing those challenges that come up, I hear about the flexibility or the need to be adaptable. And Absolutely. you lived in a lot of places. You've gone to a lot of places. One of them I've heard about you traveling to Cameroon with your daughter by yourself. That was Nigeria. It was actually Nigeria. Oh, it was Nigeria. Yeah. Tell us about yeah. the story. Okay. So I am invited to Nigeria by one of my friends who's working in Calabar. And I, yeah, I take the opportunity. I'm, I'm already, already visiting friends who are in Ghana. So I say, okay, I'll spend some time in. Calabar and then when I'm there she says oh I'd love you to meet some friends of mine who are in Ibadan I'm like that sounds great so my daughter and I pack our little bag we're going away for four days to Ibadan and we have to go through Lagos and then when we get to Lagos the pilot for our flight who's just come in just says to everybody I'm not going back out I'm tired I'm like wait just no, no, you, I'm you not going <laughs> Like literally, and I'm like, no, you can't do that. I don't know anyone in Lagos. And I have my small child. She's two years old. And I'm like, and I want to get to Badan today. And he, no, and he literally just walks off and everyone is just left standing there. And it's a moment where you are reminded that when you travel, absolutely anything is possible. So keep that in mind. Anything is possible when you travel. And I'm literally standing in the airport in Lagos and everybody is giving me advice. Yeah. And the advice is going down the line of, you can't stay here, madam. They will kill you. The robbers will come. You can't sleep here. You can't go to the hotel unless you have cash. Nobody takes credit card because of the fraud. Da, 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 da. And, and this is getting louder and louder and louder. And I am standing there with my daughter and our, our little suitcase. And I, I just cry. I stand there and I cry. I'm like, I 
don't know what decision to make at this time, but I could feel the tears coming and I just let them flow. And my daughter looks up and she's mommy, why are you crying? Mm-hmm. Like, as a parent, you never want to cry in front of your children. Yeah, and I know there's a whole science behind that. We don't want to be vulnerable in front of our children. We always want them to know that we've got it together. And there are times that we haven't. And sometimes our children need to know that as well. <laughs> um, so a gentleman comes over and he says to me, you can stay at my place. What would you do? Somebody you don't know. Oh, I don't in, know. I don't in, know. <laughs> in a new country, <laughs> a man. Yeah, a man. And he's looking at me and he's seeing the experience I'm having. And visibly, he's a Muslim. Yes. And he says, you can stay at my place because I have to come back tomorrow morning to get this flight as well. And you're with your daughter alone. With my daughter. And I look at him and there's no connection. I can't even call my friend in Calabar because I tried, wasn't getting through to her. And she's the only person that I knew in Nigeria at that moment. I know other people now. And I just um, take a deep breath and I say, you have to trust. You have to trust this. This man feels genuine he feels kind and you're gonna have to trust um and so I did I did he you know he called a taxi his place wasn't far from the airport as we were entering the compound where he stayed a rat almost as big as most cats that I see ran along the wall oh my lord and I'm like okay this this day is not going to get any worse yeah that's 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 what I'm saying it's not going to get any worse we entered his place. It was small, very, very clean. And he literally, he took out his prayer mat. He said, I will sleep here. You and your daughter can have the bed. And I looked at him. And at this point, I'm still, you know, you know, our brains play games with us. Mm-hmm. So one part of my brain is, he could be a mass murderer. What are you doing? And the other part of my brain is, are you going to go out there and, and, and battle with the, the fraud and the gangsters? And the part of my brain that was saying, stay, you're safe, is the one that I, I went with. Uh, my daughter, she was, she's, she's a two-year-old. She went to sleep. I had my eyes open all evening. I can imagine. Um, you know, he slept, my daughter slept. And in the morning, he just said, you know, use the bathroom, tidy up your daughter yourself. He said, and when we go, we may have to run. And I'm looking at him, I'm thinking, what do you mean run? And at the airport, he literally had to grab my daughter because now we have two lots of people for the same flight. The people who have the morning tickets and those of us who have the tickets for the day before. And we literally run and we're elbowing people out of the way to get on the flight. Yes. (laughs) And I'm thinking, this isn't the Mama Africa that I read about. (laughs) But that thought is fleeting because I need to get on that seat. (laughs) Yeah. And we get on the flight, on the plane, and he hands me my daughter. And I just say, thank you so much. Wow. Wow. I mean, and <laughs> listen, it's, it sounds like something you'd watch in a movie, but it's the movie exactly. of your life. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Wow. Um, yeah, it was something else. It was something else. And, you know, obviously, you know, that experience goes through my mind many times and, you know, in our life, there are angels who come, and I'm not religious, and I use that term in a very particular way. There are people who come and they bring you light, yeah? And their presence is there for you for that moment. You may never see them again, 
and that's what he did on that evening he brought us light he protected us he gave us somewhere safe to sleep in another country i may have just slept in the airport and i've been in countries where people who have a flight at five o'clock they come in late at night and they just sleep there mm-hmm. yeah um that opportunity wasn't open to me based on what people were saying. So mm-hmm. I didn't take that risk, not with my daughter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah. so, so this aspect, and this ties really to what you were saying before in terms of getting to understand your own habits, your own practices, mm-hmm. because you take those with you wherever you go. I heard Absolutely. you talking about listening to your intuition. But you yes. can listen to that yes. intuition and trust yourself and make that decision. You know, listen to the one that's the loudest. Okay, what does it feel like tapping into mm-hmm. that emotion? You can't do that if you aren't cultivating that space or if you haven't taken the time to cultivate that within yourself. So, you know, from, from this experience um, and even all the others that I know are in your toolbox. <laughs> I will ask you, um, what are some of the realizations that you came to know about yourself through these travels, through these encounters? How did it enhance your self-awareness? In lots of very, very different ways. I learned that being a woman in, in, in this incarnation is a very particular kind of experience. Yeah. Being a Black woman with light complexion is another kind of experience. And, you know, racism is one thing. Humanism is another thing. Yes. The way that we perceive ourselves compared to others is another dimension. And so there's the one experience of moving around the world and people saying to me, oh, you look like you're Igbo. Oh, you may be Ewe. Or in Malaysia, are you Malay? because I look like the Malay. The Malay have woolly hair. The indigenous people in Malaysia have woolly hair. And, you know, so that happens as you move around the world. Yeah, those experiences are very specific to being light skin. Yeah, my daughter is darker skinned than I am. And I've had people say to her, you must be from Africa. Yeah, without question, you must be from Africa. And so, the perception is leads to a, a series of experiences that you choose to engage with or not, because the power always is with you. Yeah, you don't have to. Someone says you look like, and whatever that means for them. So in Malaysia, the Malay are excluded. There are schools that will not take them. So it's a similar picture to the Aborigines in Australia. The indigenous people are outcasts. They're excluded. Yeah, and there's all kinds of political reasons why that is, which I will not go into to now. But when people say you look like the Malay and you're working in a senior position, that scares them. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you look like the people they're oppressing. Mm. And then having an English accent is another layer to my experiences. So in Malaysia, I wrap my head a lot. Yeah, if you go through any of my social media, you'll see me in head wraps. I wear gelays to special occasions. I wear head wraps that go, I have, you know, I have head wraps to go with each other. I wear head wraps all the time. I've been wrapping my hair since I was 13. And when my mother asked me, what's going on with you? Are you turning into a rasta? Because if you're from Jamaica, 
and you're my mother's age, being a Rasta is the worst thing you can be. Yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So the Rastas are condemned and they are seen as vagrants. And why would you want to be a Rasta when you're light skin? Mm -hmm. There's a whole load of stuff going on there. Mm -hmm. And I had locks for 12 years. And when I said my mom had passed away, and my mom passed when I was 16. And so out of respect, I said to the oldest person, my family, I'm going to locks my hair. And she said to me, you can't come back in my house. And she was serious. She said, if you do that, you can't come back in my house. And so when Toni Morrison says, my books are complex because black people's experience of life is complex. She's absolutely right. You know, she said, we don't have Jack and Jill meet each other and live happily ever after. Yeah, we have layers and layers and layers that we're navigating every day. So whether it's the experience of people's reaction to us or the judgment or the perception, you know, the woman on the airplane who was from Kenya said to me, how can you be a senior advisor? You look so simple. And I said to her, what does that mean for you? What would you expect me to look like? She said, well, you don't have weave, you don't have, you don't have nails, you don't have eyelashes. I said, oh, and those things would make me look more professional for you. So we're navigating perceptions all the time. As Black women of different hues, we're constantly navigating what other people's perception of us is, which isn't our business until it affects our life. Yeah. Then it's our business. Yeah. Yes. So yes. that's <laughs> wow. And so that's what I've I've learned that moving around the world. I've learned that, you know, when I'm I'm sitting in Langkawi at a beautiful resort and a white man turns to me and says, Again, you speak really good English. And I'm like, hold on a minute. I heard that in some comedy that I watched a few months ago. I was born in England. And it's like he doesn't hear me. He says to me again, you speak really good English. We don't hear if we don't want to, you know, we just don't hear. The perception clouds our hearing, it clouds our vision. And that's, that's the narrative that you go based on your perception. Mm. So, you know, having learned that a lot while I've traveled, um, I've learned that I choose what I want to engage with. I don't always want to engage with everything. And that's about my health and well-being. So if you have a perception of me and on that day, it's not going to impact on anything else that I'm going to be doing, I can walk on. I can leave you with your perception because I'm not going to, I'm not going to accept every baton that's handed to me. I choose not to because I have other things in life I want to do that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I write poetry. I go for walks in forests. I do yoga. I meet interesting people. And so people that always come with their stuff no wow so that was so full <laughs> that was so because full. our lives are not simple buddy. yes no I know I know and so the journalist inside of me is like oh my god there's so many lanes and avenues to explore from the feeling of exclusion in multiple places mm -hmm versus the feeling of mm -hmm. inclusion, tapping into colorism, Definitely. tapping into the gender aspect, tapping into the 
the black yes. woman aspect, so many aspects of mm-hmm. intersectionality. And when I heard you, it made me, there was something that came in my mind as a visual. When you said just now, you choose what you want to engage with. I am hearing this theme as a woman who travels, a woman who's emboldened mm-hmm. through travel, who's more aware of perceptions and learning how to navigate different perceptions on a global scale, this skill of being able to choose what you want to engage in, it is a winning strategy for anybody who doesn't want to get sucked into um, other people's narratives or stories because they're always going to be there. And it made this visual come up. There was a visual where um, it's like you're sitting at a dock and there's a boat passing by. It's a mindfulness uh, analogy. There's a boat passing by. And instead of you staying in that state of mindfulness, you now see the boat and you're following the boat and your gaze is following, following all the way down the stream, as opposed to just noticing that, okay, there's a boat and, you know, allowing it to continue without disrupting your gaze yeah and that's a perfect analogy that's that's absolutely perfect because if you follow the boat you lose out on so much more yes so for our listeners i i want them to really capture all the powerful nuggets out of your stories i mean from the aspect of intuition, knowing that if you're going to leave a place, it's not about the place, it's about you. Um, Learning Mm -hmm. how to manage um, those complexities and the things that come up that are out of your control, understanding the intersectionality and how that plays out when you're traveling all across the world. And most importantly, choosing what you want to engage in. You said that gentleman told you, um, you speak really good English. And even though you explained to him and you shared that you were born in England, he didn't hear what he didn't want to hear. It's that noise. Those perceptions cloud the experience. So I'm going to now put on my my brand new student uh, hat because as a woman that loves to travel and you are an expert in relocation, coaching and helping people to use this as a tool to enhance their lives overall. And this is a hypothetical. So now imagine that Mm. I desperately want to come out of my comfort zone. I'm thinking about so many women and men in the diaspora and on the continent who desperately want to come out of their comfort zone, but I'm afraid. I feel afraid. I think that um, what I have, where I am, it's not good. Um, everything outside of where I am right now is better. Um, and so please teach me, oh, wise one in Becky, what do I need to learn or be exposed to? Every relocation journey is different. Some people relocate on their own. Others relocate with their partner. And then when they get to the new location, the partner goes off with somebody else. Yeah. Some people relocate with their children. Some people have to make a decision because some children want to go and others want to stay. And I remember saying to one of my clients that she she said to me, I'm really scared to relocate. I don't think the children will like it. 
And I said to her, how old are the children? She said, they're three and four. I said, when children are three and four, the only thing they want to know is where their mommy and daddy are. They'll go anywhere you go in the world. <laughs> yes. And I said, when they get to 11, 12, 13, they become territorial. So wherever they are, they create a, a territory of friends. The, the person who runs the corner shop is part of their territory. Yeah, the things that they want to buy, they must have those things. At 13 and 14, it's a life and death situation if you can't get the right hair pomade. Yeah, I don't want to go there. They don't sell my hair products. So understand what the package is, first of all, that you're moving with, because that's going to make all the difference. If you've never lived away from where you are, and some people do this, they live in a place for 30 years and think, I want to relocate, yeah? I would always, always suggest that they go to a part of the town that they're living in and spend a day or two and speak to some strangers, yeah? Go to a place you've never been to and speak to some strangers because when you relocate, you're gonna have to get used to that. You, unless you're going to a place where you already have an extended family, and even then it can be challenging mm. because your value system might be different. Mm. Yeah. So I know a lot of people who've moved to the Caribbean and they've moved to Ghana and they found that their value system with their family members is very different. And so that brings, brings on a, another set of challenges. But actually going to a place that you've never been to even in your, in your town, even in another part of your town and spending time and talking to people and like really having conversations is one way to prepare yourself for moving. Wow. Yeah. That, that's a big assignment because, you know, someone who, <laughs> <laughs> who hasn't done it before, that is a big test. So I know yeah, we're coming up is. on um, closing up our show. But before we begin to wrap up, is there anything that you'd like to share with the audience that we have not uh, chat about? I think I hinted at it earlier, but what I would reinforce, particularly for people who are traveling on their own, before you step on a plane or a boat or whatever transportation method you use, the coaching process is about knowing you. You have to know yourself really well before you relocate. You have to know that the skills that you need, you've already started to put them in place. You talked about being able to negotiate, to be flexible. I have been to Cameroon and I've been in the homes of expatriates that were as cold as England <laughs> and Everything in their house came from the expatriate supermarket. They had not understood or wanted to be a part of Cameroon at all. And I couldn't understand, besides the salary, why they had gone. Because I suppose for me, the, the, the gem that we have of being able to move around the world is to meet people, to, to, to learn firsthand about cultures, 
to eat a meal with a stranger, to see how the meal that your parents cooked and taught you has another variety and level of it in another space. And it might be one ingredient that makes the difference. Yeah, to walk through forests with Malay women who are in their full hijab and they do this every weekend with their children. And that helps me to dispel all my myths, dispel all my myths about Muslim women because I also have my stereotypes and my perceptions that have changed through travel. So there, there really is nothing like it. That's what I will leave you with. <laughs> yes, I am 8,000% in alignment and agreement with that. <laughs> yes, if we want to get better at being more self-aware, breaking our own biases, stepping mm-hmm. out of our comfort zone, getting to trust ourselves even more. Travel yes. is a great way to do that. Like Absolutely. I said, you are the ultimate educator. You are a divine essence and presence. Thank you so much for being on the show. And Thank my you. audience, you're so welcome. If they want to find out how to reach you, where should they, how should they contact you? They can contact me via my website, which you gave out earlier. So Umbeke at Umbeke Wasemi International. I am active on LinkedIn and I'm also on Instagram at relocate, relocate underscore with Mbeke. Um, and I'm on Twitter. So between one of those platforms, you will find me. Fantastic. I'll definitely include that in the show notes. And Thank until you. next time, take care and be well. Thanks for listening to the Bridge to You podcast. Visit clairecommunicationsolutions.com or connect with me on LinkedIn, Monique Russell, or Instagram at Clear Communication Coach. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.